0: Welcome back to the Double Knotted Podcast, a sneakers podcast for the average consumer. I'm your host, Kyle Enriquez. I'm always joined by my guy, my co-host, Anthony Torres. How are we feeling today, sir?
1: I'm feeling freaking amazing, bro. We have a crazy episode. I'm I predict it to be very funny. Haven't stopped laughing yet. One of my favorite people in the world are here. So I'm I'm excited, man.
0: Okay. Same here, man. You know, I'm ready to get the ball rolling, but before we do get into it today, I do want to thank everybody for always tapping in with us, whether it's on Spotify or Apple podcast, you guys are amazing. But like what Torres said, we do have a guest today. We are not alone for this episode. It's Thursday. So we're back with another community episode where one of our listeners from the double knotted community join us from basically their own home and five with us for this episode, and he's coined himself as the number one fan of the double knotted podcast. But here's the thing, though, Torres, and I'll just put some insight out there. This week's a little different because our guest is not a sneakerhead. He's not a hype beast. He's not a streetwear enthusiast, but he is an average consumer. Mm -hmm. Our guest is a former division three college basketball player who traded their hoop sneakers for a stethoscope. He's currently a med school student studying to become a doctor. His YouTube channel provides excellent resources for future physicians on how to score higher on the MCAT exam to a daily life in the, as a med school student. He's also the co-founder of the WAFA Invitational, a charity basketball tournament in Long Island, New York geared to bring community together and raise money for those in need. On August 7th, they are back and all the proceeds will go towards pediatric cancer research. I'd like to introduce my guy, my brother, Terrence Thomas to the podcast. What's up, bro? Thank you for having me.
2: That was a definitely a tear jerking introduction, as promised. Um, yeah, I mean, trading in the basketball sneakers for a stethoscope was my life, and it is my life. And I'm happy to be here. And um, thank you guys so much for having me. I do feel like I'm the number one fan of this podcast. I've been listening, I listen to every single episode front to back, no skipping. Um, I've been listening since day one, and you guys have just amazed me every single
0: time um, the consistency with the, the quality. And I'm just happy to be here. Nah, it's going to be a great episode, you know, because our previous community episodes, like what I said in the intro, they're very sneaker based, like they were into sneakers, you bring that aspect of the average consumer. So normally, I would ask, you know, how did you get into sneakers? Or like, you know, where did it start for you? But when you're listening through these episodes, Terrence, what are your thoughts that race through, like hearing us talk about like, you know, high resale prices, aftermarket sneakers, like sneaker releases, like what, what does this sum up to? Yeah. So
2: that's really funny because I don't even think about sneakers when I'm listening to your podcast. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like dumbfounded why you, you spend so much money on sneakers or how you guys buy multiple sneakers in a day and then sell them or wear them or trade them, whatever. Um, but I really listened for the camaraderie, the back and forth, the discussion, um, the laughs, uh, that's what I really got into it. You know, if you told me, you know, all the, I'm an avid podcast listener. Um, and all my other podcasts, they have some element of something that I enjoy. Um, I enjoy listening to you guys. I enjoy listening to your content and supporting because it's good content. Um, But, you know, for me, just like listening to the sneaker stuff overall, I'm just kind of like, I feel out of touch, you know, out of touch with like sneakers. I was never somebody that needed to have like nice sneakers. I was always like a hooper. I'd never need to have the nicest or newest hoop shoes. I just give me the, 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 like, whatever the, the 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 basic fundamental sneaker and I'm good like give me the hyper dunk give me the hyper rev whatever hyper fuse and like I'm good just give me the regular like team shoe from Nike and I'm good um I was never a flashy guy in that regard but um it's always good to like gain some level of insight because I know sneakers are a big booming business right now
0: oh yeah 100% and it's funny that you mentioned the hyper dunk because your high school coach um coach Coos. Yes, sir. He actually gave, cause just a little insight for the listeners. Um, Terrence and my brother Christian, who came on an earlier episode, um, they were on the same basketball team in high school, and that duo together, whoo, tough, tough. Whoo, man! Tough. I was hyped on the sidelines. Like I almost got thrown out of a game. Oh yeah, Kyle would
1: get
2: too hyped. Kyle would get Kyle would be yelling at the refs constantly on the sidelines. He'd be taking pictures on the sidelines, yelling at the referees. Yeah, our combo pick and roll game was crazy. I, I love that team, and and I love playing with Christian. Still a good friend to this day.
0: Oh no, for sure. But Coach Kuz had an extra pair of the Hyper Dunks, the all red pair that you guys get. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. East Bay accidentally shipped him a maroon pair, and mm-hmm. he gave a free pair to Christian, which I still wear today.
2: Oh wow, those are some good shoes. I don't have them. I don't have them anymore, but uh. Those were I think my cousin actually stole those from me, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He
0: pulled he pulled the Kanye. Like,
2: yeah. you know how his
0: cousin stole the laptop.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. He he stole them off me. I think I had some other shoes at the time, so I didn't really mind. But I haven't seen those since he lived at my
0: house for like that one year or whatever. <laughs> That's funny. But one thing I want to ask you, because, you know, we you are you are a previous Hooper Division three, you know, any high level college basketball um like player, student athlete. Let's put it mm-hmm. like that. How often did you have to change your sneakers from, you know, constant practice to like, you know, game time? Like was there did you have to like switch midseason or a certain amount of games? How does that work?
2: Yeah. So I actually had going into college, I had a pair of, um, I think, Hyperfuse. Actually, they might have been hyper revs. Um, I had like the 2014 or 2013 um, pair. And prior to the season, I was doing open gyms. We were doing runs and I actually had suffered from turf toe. I had like a, a sprain in my big toe from those shoes because I had never really played in them that much. And they were a loose, a little bit loose in the front. And I'm so used to like wearing shoes. And I, I think that was like one of the first shoes where it's kind of like a hybrid between Um, a low cut and a high cut. If you remember, they had like that strap. Um, So it was like the first time I ever played in something that was a little bit low cut. Um, And I was always like high top, high top, like ride or die. And that's like something that's completely changed now because now I have basketball shoes that I absolutely hate that are high top. And I'm so used to playing in low tops now, but I I had a turf toe and I had to get new sneakers. And I actually went back to um, hyper dunks that year. And I played throughout the entire season with the, with that sneaker. But by the, by the time I was done, like I, you know, had laces that were falling apart. I had to like, you know, laces that ripped and I had to retie them or get new laces. And those shoes were toast by the end of the year. So it's pretty much like a yearly thing, but I know many people that had a rotation. Again, I'm not a sneaker guy, but I had know so many people that had rotations of their Kobe's their Jordans um, any, you know, all these Nike shoes. So for me, it was just like, if I could get one sneaker that could last me the year, I'm happy.
1: I remember hey. seeing those hyper and that strap, it would pick up every single piece of lint and then never close.
2: 100%. But
1: I mean, once you to bring up, because I remember I, I was, I, we both played basketball, right? And that's sort of how we met each other. Yeah. And when I was like seventh grade I want to say I remember playing with the big guys and that was Terrence at the time varsity and the pair of shoes that she were wearing I I was actually just on my phone a little bit because the photo got deleted was the Adi Zero I don't know if you remember this one
2: yes the the hyper the whatever super lights or whatever they're called Oh
1: yeah crazy light
2: crazy Light.
1: this is the shoe that mythological Terrence was wearing when I saw him and Mm -hmm. I remember it being an amazing shoe like when I saw you in the beginning of the season like the entire team had them, the shoes right. were squeaking. You heard it everywhere. And then come summertime, everybody's pair was just beat. And I yeah. remember you have to, there was a, a drill we used to do, right? Where you'd hold someone back with like some rope or whatever. Mm-hmm. And your feet would just be glued to the ground, <laughs> just ice skating on the gym floor.
2: Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you about those sneakers. And you mentioned the summer before the season even started, before we even had our first game, there were people with holes in their sneakers from those crazy lights. And again, they were amazing. Like they looked good on feet. They were clean. Like it was all white. And then it had like the red details, but like fire shoe, crazy light, you know, light. <laughs> that was my 10th grade year. And like, we never went back to Adidas after that. Cause like everybody's sneakers were ripping mid season. Luckily mine like held on, but there was bench players that had ripped shoes. I'm like, how you don't, you don't even play. I had some good burn that year, luckily, but like mine were pretty ripped too. And then we had starters that were like ripped halfway through the season. So terrible.
1: You know, I remember those team shoes. I feel like team shoes were always cool. So like, were you always someone who wanted to wear something low key, match the uniform, never really straight to, let me try it out some neon green.
2: Again, like for me, it was, I I was always like, I was always the old school, like, okay, we need like high top sneakers. If you don't have high tops, then, you know, you're going to sprain your ankle, whatever. I came to learn through research and through actually doing it, you know, my proper education is if you have high likelihood of spraining your ankles, let's say you're a high risk person, you have weak ankles, whatever, you're going to sprain it in high tops, low tops, good buddy. You know, we both know Tom Conwell, this kid, like he, he needs, he needs both have his ankles like taped up and braced up for like having a, a basketball shoot around. Cause this kid is like, so like he's, he will just sprain his ankles. If he's just like having a catch, like we, we play football sometimes he has to put double ankle braces if we're having a catch. So like, there's certain people that just have a high risk and they'll sprain their ankles but i believed like oh you need to have high top so i just went with whatever high top sneakers that the school gave us and again like i wanted to match the team i wasn't trying to like stand out as long as they were comfortable and i could do my thing i just adapted and luckily like those sneakers during my varsity times were high quality that was like the prime of like hyper red the hyper fuse back in 2010 or whatever uh those were fire the hyper dunks um and then we had you know the Addy lights or Addy zeros or whatever, um, that one year, but that was like the prime time of like the hyper dunks and, and all those you know amazing sneakers aesthetically and like actually performance wise. So I just kind of went with those. And eventually once I got to college and everybody was rocking their own things, Mm -hmm. I, uh, I started transitioning to kind of like finding my way.
0: That's dope. That's dope. I love how Terrence is very function over fashion. What are are you saying? Torres or saying something? No,
1: one thing, just, just before we move off in the basketball topic. right? There's something that I feel like players do that I always found hilarious, but yet cool at the same time. And I just wanted to know your your take on it, right? So sure. I don't know if the source of it is for function, for fashion, you know, for 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 just being noticed attention. I don't know, but your thoughts on players that switch shoes every quarter? Stupid or at halftime.
2: I think that's stupid. Um, again, it's just like for fashion. For uh-huh. me, it's just like can you play the game? Like, are you worried? Like if you're switching your shoes at halftime, you better have like 10 at 10, 20, you know, 10 to 15 at the half, you know, maybe a couple boards. Like, are you actually performing or do you care about the aesthetic of how you're looking on the bench or how you're looking when you're like Oh, for three and you have like two turnovers and two rebounds and maybe like one, one like defensive stop, you know, are are you actually hooping for me? It was always like game's going to speak for me. We didn't have the best jerseys, we didn't have, you know, the best aesthetics. It was kind of just like I'm just going to hoop, I'm going to have a good time and my game is going to speak for me. But I know now it's like especially like you guys talked about even in past episodes just like the runway effect of people coming into the state like the yeah. arenas yeah. and all those different things like you have to have nice fits and now with social media and people having mixtapes for like JV players, it's like, you know, you're trying to show out for overtime and you're not really worried about actually playing the basketball game, which is, you know, good and bad because you have your pros and cons to that.
1: I mean th- that's one side of it, but at the same time, like I remember my sister, she she's a big basketball player, mm-hmm. and when she was in high school trying to get recruited, there was actually someone telling her you should wear the loudest sneakers on the court to literally be noticed by the scouts.
2: Yeah, if you have to do that, then like you're <laughs> in a bad position. <laughs>
1: so that's, a, that's a very good.
2: Point. Like if you, it, uh, that's just my personal opinion. I no coach that ever came up to me and said that you know you stood out because you wore nice sneakers it was always like you stood out because we came to the practice and you like dunked on two people and like you should come oh, to our school oh. so like
1: like I'm not, I'm not
2: I'm not I'm not flexing but you're like completely I, flexing.
1: that is the biggest flex I've ever seen I mean, you're just gonna it, say you're not flexing I
2: mean it did happen there was a coach that like followed me around for forever and like we scrimmaged a, a team one time and I I did dunk on two people but anyway again like if you if you need we, we could go into basketball stories we could go into basketball stories if you want because i have a story about torres that he said that i could share on the podcast and if if you guys feel okay up to it right now if you feel like this is a, before we transition off of basketball hey. i'll tell you this one story i'll tell you this one story all right so i didn't know about this and maybe torres could tell it better than i can but i just remember one day he's telling me he's like you know this you know this is this is after you know I, for those of you guys that don't know like i've i've worked tirelessly with torres like You know when he was, this guy had a meniscus tear. He had surgery. He came back from surgery. He got messed up again, and he was just like down bad. And he needed somebody to help him pick him up. And I was right there with him. I was, I came back from Brockport at the time where I played basketball. I transferred schools. I was back home. I was helping out with the team doing strength and conditioning. And I was like, you know what, Torres is a hardworking guy. I love the way he he works and his and his dedication. And we did we did workouts. So we're doing workouts every weekend, putting in the work, grinding. This guy's paying me like he's scrapping $15 together just to, to pay me for gas money, just to bring him to the gym. And he, I remember he opens up to me one day and he's like, yo, you remember like when I, I came down to the camp and like, <laughs> so, this, so again, like Torres mentioned this earlier, he came down, he would hoop with the big boys. Right. Wait, so he's like,
1: we're going to finish it off.
2: Yeah, yeah, please. So
1: what happens is Terence is—he's a menacing guy. He's six four. He's massive. You know, he, he's the guy at the gym that's dunking on everybody, just like Torres you
2: know. is also very small.
1: I, okay all right back, back
2: back then back then you were like in sixth yeah, grade or sure. whatever yeah because
1: yeah, I've totally grown since then um, yeah so he was but, uh, <laughs> he was probably like five foot tall Yeah. So I'm this scrawny kid coming to play with everybody else and you know Terrence is just like intimidating I remember like I was trying to get his attention one time because the coach needed him and he had his headphones in and I literally like he's just there to kill everybody like that's true he, he would hate me because he's like you're 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 I guess his outlook was like why are you inviting these people here to make my workout worse so he hated me but you know the night before one of the shooting camps when i found out terrence was going i guess like like involuntarily i was like scared so the night before like what happened i was like sleeping and i guess just let him
2: know just let him know what happened man go ahead torres
1: I, well, the thing is, I thought I was sweating so much because I was scared. And after like in like 10 minutes, it hit me like it wasn't sweat. I was so scared that I guess I peed myself the night before.
2: Torres Torres just peed the bed.
1: Great. So this um, is he, like seventh going into eighth grade.
2: Yeah, exactly. He was too old to be peeing the bed. Yeah. And he yeah. peed the bed because yeah. of fear of meeting. And, and now we're great friends. Great friends. Uh, we great talk friends. all the time. And like, you know, we, we, we help each other through through tough times and, you know, all this different stuff. And, but yeah, it, it all started because Torres, you know, peed the bed the night before he knew he <laughs> was going to see me face to face and afraid <laughs> with the fear of, that I might yell at him because he was slowing down um, the practice and, and make my workout worse. But I'm, I I'm swear, I swear that that's a figment of his imagination because I'm a really nice guy.
1: That is mm-hmm. it, when off, off the court, court practice, off the court,
2: off the court, off
1: the court. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, court. yeah. Yeah. yeah oh my gosh, this guy yeah, during a basketball yeah. practice, get away, get away. What? Oh, man. I digress. Oh my
0: God. That's good. That's <sighs> a good story, man. Torres, I can't believe you peed the bed, man. That's hey, man, wild. But um, friends. just to redirect, um, Terrence, you've coined yourself as the number one fan of the Double knotted podcast. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to give you the stage a little bit. Do you have any questions for us about like maybe a particular episode or if there was a shoe you were eyeing recently? Like let us know. Do you have anything in mind Taurus? I mean, not Taurus, Terrence, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do have something in mind. I I came up with a few questions because I,
2: you know, you had asked me this before we were doing the podcast and I was thinking about like, what can I actually bring to the table to this podcast? You know, every, everybody that listens to this is probably like a sneakerhead interested in sneakers or interested in these guys. And I think to myself, like, if I wanted to start building a collection, right, I could care less about like the newest drops. I only care about what's comfortable for me. And like, I I don't know if that's an ego thing or that's just like a self-esteem thing, but like, as long as it's comfortable for me and I feel like it looks good on me, like I could care less. You know, I'm in a committed relationship. I'm not trying to like pick up any girls. I'm not trying to impress some random dudes on the street. So I want to ask you guys, when building a collection, is it taboo to build something with like, Obtainable sneakers. Like, can I build an actual collection instead of you know going to the drops, the sneaker apps, the sneakers apps, all that stuff? Can I just go to Foot Locker, go to Finish Line, go to Champs, Foot Action, whatever, and actually build a collection that's quality and that a sneaker head will look at it as quality that of obtainable sneakers that I could just go on an everyday, you know, go to Foot Locker and pick up.
1: I think seventeen thousand percent you can. I think it's more or so about like what do you know about the shoe that you're wearing than the actual shoe because every shoe has, you know, a plethora of of a story behind it, you know, different design details and different things that go into it. It's like, do do you appreciate that or not? You know, because there are tons of shoes sitting at full lockers, sitting at finish lines that are amazing. It's just no one cares, you know.
0: Mm hundred percent agree with Torres. Like, I feel like, you know, on this podcast, we do talk about, you know, a lot of, you know, limited drops, you know, shock drops. We talk about sneakers that are mostly collaborations, but, the best sneaker stories are the ones that you can actually go into the store and cop for retail. Mm -hmm. Like for your case, Terrence, like I'm assuming that, you know, you're a medical student, you're always on the go, you know, you want to try to make time for yourself at the gym, you know, you're active guy. Like I'm assuming you want a pair of sneakers that, you know, you just want to throw on, leave at the door and be able to move freely. Like when I think of that, I always think of like the Nike infinity react run. Right. I mentioned that a lot on the podcast. I actually just bought that sneaker.
2: Um, Torres recommended it to me. I was I was asking him because I was about to start doing some shadowing in the OR. And and for people that don't know, the operating room, uh, when you're shadowing and you're scrubbing into surgeries or whatever, you're there all day and you're just standing and you're on your feet constantly. You don't really sit down much. And even just in clinic and, and doing and seeing patients, you're always on your feet. And my feet were killing me after like the first week. And I was like, Torres i need your recommendation and he's my go-to guy whenever i need a, a a birthday gift for my girl christmas gift like any sneakers like i go to him and say what's the most comfortable what's the best thing you can get and he's 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 recommended nike reacts to me three times to get my my girl a gift she got rid of one pair he didn't let her like hear the the last of it she's like he's like why did you get rid of that that's the best sneaker it's most comfortable this has been like two years. She had to get rid of this two years ago. And he's still like, he's so obsessed with this technology, but I had to get, get a Nike react Flyknit, Um, and I told him, like I texted him right away. This is the greatest decision I've ever made. It's like a pillow. So comfortable. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think that again, an obtainable shoe got it for like a hundred bucks mm-hmm. or less mm-hmm. and quality. And, and again, like functional does everything I needed to do. So I appreciate
0: that. No, hundred percent, 110%. Like that shoe right there. Like if it's there, plus like that infinity react run, it'll mm-hmm. always be on sale. Like if you wait a couple months after the drop, you'll find it on sale for like maybe 30 or $40, like under retail. Right. So, you know, you can't go wrong with that. And one thing I want to transition with that question um, Terrence and ask is because I have a lot of people who are in the healthcare field. Mm-hmm. They're either nurses, um, doctors, Uh, physical therapist, physical therapist assistants, the list goes on. And, you know, they're on their feet, probably 12 plus hours during the day. And I know that it is a professional setting. And some of them have to wear certain footwear. So for example, Mm -hmm. Crocs, or even leather shoes, like dress shoes. Mm -hmm. How would you feel or how does it impact that you need a comfortable pair of shoes during the day? And especially for you being a doctor, you have to wear leather shoes and dress shoes all the time. Am I right? I
2: mean, it definitely depends on the the clinical setting. For me, um, that's the hardest part, finding dress shoes and leather shoes that are comfortable. I recently, but it's not it's not impossible. Like I, I recently got a pair from JCPenney that were super comfortable and shocked me. It was like 80 bucks. JCPenney, everything's always on sale. And I wear them, I've worn them a few times, not really extensively, but I could see myself being able to survive a clinic day or an entire day on my feet with them. The sneakers thing, a lot of sneaker or a lot of, depending on where you work, um, the doctors could wear scrubs to work. So they'll wear like scrubs and a white coat. So that's actually an opportunity. If you are a sneaker enthusiast, if you love sneakers, um, if you're a medical assistant or something like that, and you wear scrubs to work that could be your opportunity to really flex your shoe game. I've seen um, medical assistants or surgical coordinators that wear scrubs to work that rock in different shoes every day. And being able to express yourself with sneakers, I think there is a space for that, depending on where you work in healthcare, if you're wearing like scrubs to work or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I know with Christian, he has to wear like white sneakers when he was a, uh, a student. So there's limitations to that because you don't want to get your nicest white sneakers with blood drops or other you know bodily fluid drops on them. So, with that, it's like you're limited, but I think, I think a lot of stuff is transitioning to like scrub wear instead of the the dress up, depending on the, the office. And there is some opportunity to really you know flex your shoe game or or express yourself with sneakers.
0: Oh no, hundred percent. I like that. I like that because it's funny because um, I know of. course I'm not trying to be stereotypical or anything, but a lot of nurses are Filipinos. Oh yeah, and a lot of the Filipinos are into sneakers. So like they're itching. They're like, yo, I gotta wear Crocs to work but I'm trying to wear a pair of Air Jordan ones. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Yo, mm-hmm. you're trying to, you got to save somebody's life, man. Save them in the Crocs. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, that's so, that's so true. Um, I personally haven't run into that, but when it comes to the dress shoes and different things like that, that can be tough. And I have had my fair share of long days in clinic feet killing you because you're wearing the dress shoes that aren't very comfortable. So it's really about investing in, in something that's comfortable and kind of putting mm-hmm. your ego aside um, when it comes to like expressing yourself.
0: What I was actually going to uh, tell you, Terrence, was that mm-hmm. um, I own a pair of dress shoes and I wear them sometimes, you know, say I'm going to a wedding or like, you know, a party where I have to wear a sh- uh, shirt and tie. Mm-hmm. But sometimes during photography events, I have to wear dress shoes, you know, for like weddings or certain events. I would have to right. dress up. And I actually found the sneaker. It's the Cole Haan Original Grand, Okay. which it's a wingtip shoe. So like they have that little wingtip design on the toe box and they actually have Nike's Lunaron sole on it. Hmm. So How do you pull that one off? No, Ter- Terrence is very discreet. Is that okay. very yeah. still a discreet?
1: Thing, is that still huh? a thing? I'm pretty sure that's an older thing that stopped. Because no, like, it's actually still in
0: stock at the outlets. Like you can get them for about ninety to hundred dollars. Like you, if you go on the website on Kohan, we're not sponsored by them, but if you go on the website, they're there for retail for one sixty, and they have different flavors. Like you know to match, because the rule of thumb is you got to match your belt. Am I right? This is true. Mm-hmm. So then you got, you know, if you get wearing a black belt, you could buy a black pair or like the brown, you can match it with that pair. And like, I love it. Like people have actually complimented me on the shoe. And plus it fits good on my feet. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had that um issue before where you throw on a pair of dress shoes. It's your first wear. And then you start to get blisters on your feet. Like your ankle gets cut up. Yeah.
2: I mean, I've had definitely situations like that. um When you make the bad decision of going for the price over the comfort. So yeah, I, I'm not a rich person by any means. So I've, I've definitely had my fair share of uh, bad decisions when
0: it comes to dress shoes. Oh, no, for sure. But no, just throwing that out there as an option, you know, especially like looking out for your feet, because, you know, yeah. once you get the ball rolling, you know, once you're in the field, you know, I hope you can definitely invest in that type of pair.
2: I hope so. I want to ask you guys another question because Torres kind of alluded to it a little bit here. I was thinking about going back and buying old basketball sneakers that I used to wear back in the, like, not even back in the day, maybe like 2018. Like I love the Paul George one. Like I mentioned the basketball shoe that I got recently and I showed you guys when I, when I purchased it, it was the, um, the LeBron witness Four, and I know they have the witness five out now, but like it was in the outlets and I just saw it and I was like, caught my eye Mm -hmm. and I was like, I need a new pair of basketball sneakers. Anyway, let me get this. It's high top. I hate it. I can't really move in it. I feel like my foot is just a brick and a cylinder. There's no like versatility. And I'm thinking like, man, when I was playing my best basketball, I was wearing the PG ones. But I look on, you can't find those anymore. They're not in stores. You have to buy them on like eBay or whatever. So like, what do you, what's your guys approach to buying old sneakers or buying like, you know, old things that you used to, they used to wear back in the day.
1: Well, the first thing I want to say is like it's just like a purchase for a decision like that, which I like completely respect like from a sneakerhead perspective, mm-hmm. like you know you're buying it for a reason, like you know you remember that was the best time you played basketball as your your prime, so to speak, right you know what I mean, which I think is super cool, like no matter what it is, granted, it could be like a Nike monarch and you know you remember your dad for the burgers or something like that. but um for shoes like that, I know it's a struggle because like. Not a lot of people bought them. A lot of people bought them wore them, you know, which is mm. sort of what you want. But at the same time, it kills you down the line. But that's when you got to go to those other sites, you know, like eBay. And I know you know how eBay, like you're an avid eBayer, right? Yes,
2: yes. yes. Seller and buyer.
1: Yes, this guy, this guy. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's your only option because you can't find them in the store. But mm. then you're going to see, it's going to be like, what? I sold these on sale for $49.99. And the person yeah. on eBay will sell them for $300.
2: Yeah, I was seeing the PG's today. I was actually looking into it. It was like 120. And I'm like, but I'm thinking also, and this is the second part of the question. Am I making a mistake by going for the nostalgia when the technology has probably gotten better over time?
1: I think you're definitely talking to the wrong people for that. Okay.
0: (laughs) No, I think like personally, because like with the Paul George or any basketball sneakers for deterioration, of course, that's the base model that's going to set up for for the next couple models in itself. I know the Paul George uh, series on number five right now. Mm. You know, I'm not really familiar. I haven't balled in the PG's before, but Christian has. Right. And he he, he speaks volumes about it. He loves that sneaker. So I would probably suggest like, if you can get that pair, that PG one, like for under a hundred dollars, I would definitely cop. But then if you're looking to hoop, I would try the PG five because like it has number one, the technology in it. Number two, it definitely worked out the kinks from the, first, the four previous models. So you probably get more bounce and probably more full length zoom in the sneaker in itself. That's a, that's a really good point. And Christian's the type of person that he plays basketball on
2: like sneakers for like half a decade like, or, or more. Like I, he, like Christian's still wearing the same sneakers, but he like he's like a selective hooper. So like he plays selectively. So he's able to make his sneakers last and keep them in good condition. Mm-hmm. So like he'll be playing in like the PGs that the that same hyper uh I think it was a hyper revs that I was talking about from like 2014 like he'll Purple still mm-hmm. yeah he'll still hoop in those I'm just like dude those things were trashed after like one season for me but he's a selective hooper mm-hmm. and he still performs well in them so you know maybe the maybe is the technology overrated that's kind of something I think about in my mind like is it a significant enough jump to test it out when i could go back to what i know works which is really tough I
1: definitely yeah also think there's more technology but it's not always better you know what okay I, mean? I look at like the Kyrie line the Kyrie one is one of the greatest shoes ever to me and mm. the newer one is great but like it's just it's completely different you know it's okay. like it's one of those like where different
2: how exactly
1: um, the, the newer ones a lot sleeker. The first one was sort of like a running basketball shoe. So it was very soft. It it would it felt like react, like very, very, you know, very soft. You felt mm-hmm. every step versus the newer ones a lot more reactive. So it's harder, you know, but if you're making a cut, it's going to really like bounce off your movement like that. But, um, I don't know. I, I just feel like sometimes older, you know, doesn't necessarily mean worse.
2: Mm. That's a pro tip. Thank you.
1: Pro tips what i'm here for Come
0: now on. we got you t we got you here at the double knotted podcast but do you have any other questions before we move on with with the with the episode in itself last question okay okay this is directed at
2: torres kind of way but kyle you could you could answer this as well because you're an average uh sneaker store goer mm-hmm. i know nothing about sneakers right when i walk into a footlock or a finish line it's rare is a rare occasion where i ask for help because i have people in my back pocket like you guys that i could trust and get recommendations i don't like to waste time anyway i'm not going to go into a sneaker store kind of browsing i kind of know what i'm looking for get in get out would you trust the average sneaker associate at your foot, foot action finish line dicks whatever like would you trust them to give you recommendations for a sneaker or do you, do you do you recommend somebody going through somebody like yourselves or a Google search online?
1: G- I give it real. I'm, no, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I wouldn't one time in the world, if I go to any of the stores 300 times, probably 299 times, I am disregarding what they say completely. Okay. Because I know that like in terms of sneakers, the amount of homework I do on every pair, I'm at least putting in an hours of research to to know Mm -hmm. what I'm having, what's in it, what's the story, who designed it, why they do it like this. Mm -hmm. Um, I've definitely have been in scenarios where there'll be people like I'll have some regular shoes on, so like people don't know like I'm a sneaker nerd, and they'll try to like you know BS some knowledge, and like I know that it's inaccurate. I know it's completely inaccurate, and I'll say something back, and they're just like, oh yeah yeah totally uh huh uh huh, uh -huh." (laughs) but um. No, I think it's just like anything. You got to do it yourself. It's life. You got to do it yourself. You know, that's a a shame. It is. It completely is. But it's life, man. Is there a store you could
2: go to, like a low key store, like less mainstream that you can go to where people actually get hired on the basis of their knowledge? One thing
0: I'll say is this, too. Excuse me. If ever you're in that scenario of a big corporation job, like I mean, like store, say, for example, Foot Locker. Foot action dicks. My best bet is to look at the shoes on feet of the associates, because there is a high chance that they know something of sneakers based off of what they're wearing. For example, say if there's an associate of five time, people,
1: Terrence isn't a sneakerhead, so he's not reading. That's a, what I'm saying like, too. No yeah. I've
0: yeah. I've seen like
2: people that, like again, like you could go to Foot Foot Locker, you could mm-hmm. go to a Nike factory, and the person that's working there has has sneakers from the store mm-hmm. and they're nice cool sneakers like you guys just said earlier you could create a, a solid collection with sneakers that are available for retail mm-hmm. and they might just be wearing some cool retail sneakers i'm like oh wow this person looks cool mm-hmm. they might be
0: smart <laughs> so 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 tell me a little bit about like what you think like it's a tough one because First glance of an average consumer, and this is just throwing out like all knowledge I have of shoes. If I walk into a store, I'm gonna gravitate towards the person who has the loudest shoes or something that's intriguing. Because one, if you go up to somebody who has the shoe in the store, nine times out of ten, they probably just bought the shoe because it was 30% off of you know their discount. Fair. That's number one. If I go to the person that has like the loud shoe or the shoe that is like really intriguing to me personally. I'll just be like, yo, what are those? Or like, oh, what would you suggest on this wall? And then just kind of like bite him in to see like what information he can give me. Now, in regards to stores that are like really knowledgeable, mm-hmm. I wouldn't really say like, you know, like the big corporations aren't because, you know, they're just trying to get people to fill the spots, you know what I mean? To work, yeah. but I would probably suggest maybe like a running, a specialized running shop like you know they'll be like oh we if you're a four foot striker or if you mm-hmm. you know need these for long runs etc they're very knowledgeable in those type of sneakers in the scenarios yeah yeah I, I i can see where you're coming from with that one because
2: if i go into like a local running shop like a savo running or whatever smithtown running um they will have specific things and the people there are actually knowledgeable because you have to get fit for certain things but mm-hmm. um yeah. Going into a regular sneaker store, I guess from now on, I'll always refer to you guys because <laughs> unless I find some random dude that's working there and, you know, he peed the bed in the past and he has blonde hair. I, I I probably would not trust anybody in there with a recommendation. I don't usually ask for recommendations. I'm definitely the type of person that's like, Oh, do you need any help, sir? Like, no, I'm just looking knowing like, damn well. I'm like, I know what, like, I'm trying to actually buy something or I might need a recommendation, but, um, yeah, I, there's very rare occasions where somebody actually is looking to help me anyway, or helping to help a customer anyway. So like the rare occasion that I might find
0: somebody, um, it, it doesn't seem very likely. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stick with you guys. Oh, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. That was a really good question, actually. It got me sweating a little bit. I was like, yo, man, I got to give the good answer, man. I got to give what's what's the average consumer answer.
1: But wait, but, so um, one thing to you. Kyle, yeah. right? H- has it ever been like you've seen someone with a shoe and then you comment on it and it's like, oh, my God, you have those and they have no idea what they're wearing.
2: I've heard you touch on this before in past episodes. It's,
1: it's happened to me before. Yeah. And I got so... I remember I remember perfectly. It was a pair of the, the Dime New Balance. I believe it was 860 V2. I'm not positive. Those numbers are weird. And I was like, oh my God, I love your shoes. I've been wanting to get those for so long. I like that pair. I like the white and silver pair. And you could tell you're just looking at me like, bro, I just bought these. I don't even yeah. know what you're doing right now. <laughs> oh my God, that was the worst feeling in the world. But
0: There's levels to it, man, I guess. There
1: really is. There really is.
0: Always levels. But T, just to get the ball rolling on this episode, we mentioned earlier in the intro, you are a co-founder of the WAFA Invitational. It's a charity basketball tournament here in Long Island, New York. Can you give us some insight? I know that you guys got the third annual coming soon. Like Let let the listeners know, what is WAFA? What, What is WAFA about?
2: Yeah. So it's a third annual, but it really should be fourth, you know, COVID ruined us last year, but we're looking to make it better than ever. Um, so Wafa initially um, this is kind of the, the long story, but I'll try to make it less long um, back in 2018. Uh, my friend Mac and I, we were just thinking about things, essentially things to do. Right. Um, we've had thoughts in the past about like hosting like a basketball camp or basketball tournament or something like just to raise money at this time where um, it was three years ago. So we're like 22, 23 years old. We're in college or just getting out of college or figuring out like what to do with our lives and things to do to entertain us. Um, and we're thinking about, all right, let's, let's start up a basketball league or start up a basketball tournament for money for, for proceeds, whatever. And then we're like, ah, no, we can't do that. Like, it looks like a little, uh, on the weird side, you know, two guys coming together for a tournament and then raise, and, you know, just taking, taking cash away from it and giving, you know, the winners, a little bit of the money. People do it all the time. But like in our morals, I guess it just didn't sit well. And then we we're just thinking like, let's just do it for charity. Um, so we came up with in three months, a few sponsors to put on the back of the shirts, um, ask family, friends and different things. And we put together this, this tournament. Luckily, I had some connections with the high school and we were able to make it work in a very short amount of time, uh, get 16 teams or so to sign up. We really like busted our tails for it. And, and we did it. And everybody was like, this is amazing. The turnout was great. The championship game was great. Everybody loved it. And, you know, everybody kept saying, and we, we, we had no plans for the future. We just wanted to do this again to have something to do, keep our time occupied, do something fun and do something for a good cause. Um, and people kept saying like, yo, you should do this every year. You should do this every year. We're just like, might as well. Let's try to do it. So you know the years to follow, we got a little bit more professional with it. We organized a little bit better. We officially became a five hundred one uh, C nonprofit um, and, and got our association and, and got our business accounts going and, and really took it seriously. Um, we did that the second year. We raised money for um, underserved children uh, backpack and school supply drive. Uh, both of you guys were at it, and it was it was a great. Um, honorable experience to be able to not only donate, but to hand off backpacks to the kids uh, who needed it. And now this year, we're raising money for pediatric cancer in our third year, the first year we raised money for cardiovascular research. Um, So kicking it back to research, kicking it back to helping people in need. um, It was just something that we decided to do. And it's been a passion of ours and something we just can't kick. We just keep growing, keep growing. And uh, we love to do it every year. And it's, it's one of the my favorite things to do um, every summer.
0: Oh, no, for sure. You know, being a part of Wafa and, you know, being able to help you out, especially you, Mac, the whole team, like it means the world to both of us, me and Torres. But here at the Double Notted Podcast, we actually wanted to make a donation to Wafa. Oh, wow. To the cause in itself. So, you know, anything that you need, you know, we're here to help you out. But um, let, the, let the listeners know where can they donate and where can they find, you know, the WAFA and any information to hopefully register and donate as well.
2: Yeah, so we thank you so much for, for your donations. And that's kind of what keeps us pushing. Um, without the donations, without volunteers, without people like you guys that help make this a reality, um, it's not possible. Um, you could go to our website, wafainvitational.org. So W-A-F-A, invitational.org. Um, you can check out our homepage, our About Us um, you can go to wafainvitationalorg slash donate um, to donate, see what our cause is this year. Um, again, we're doing pediatric cancer research. 50% of our proceeds are going to research, and the other 50% are going directly towards helping make uh, children battling cancer in the hospitals have a better experience. So things like entertainment, toy drives during the holidays, and different things like that. So we're trying to split our funds and make a direct impact, but also a long-term impact with the the research as well. So um, you can go to our website and donate. If you want to register a team, if you want to register to volunteer, register to sponsor. Um, we appreciate every single thing and every single person that contributes to the events every single year. So we can't thank you guys enough. And I'm happy to be on this podcast to be able to,
0: to just share, um, just that. No, for sure. For sure. We're, we're proud and we're happy to have you here. You're always welcome to hop on the podcast, you know, definitely we invite you for a future episode. I think you would bring yeah. a nice little median from big time sneaker enthusiasts to not really knowing too much to the middle, the average consumer. And that's yeah. definitely what's what it's all about. But Terrence, before we end today's episode, I want to give you the floor once again. What are some future plans? Where can they find you? And just let our listeners know. Yeah. So for me, my goal is to become a
2: doctor. I still have a long way to go. I'm a medical student right now going into my second year. And for me, uh, I've always had a drive for giving back. Um, Torres will tell you um, with Wafa and with him as a student athlete when he was in high school, um, giving back to those that need it and trying to find those white spaces in society uh, where I can contribute my, my best effort. So I do that through my YouTube channel as well. Um, you mentioned that earlier in the podcast. So through my YouTube channel, I just share my experience as a medical student. I know when I was going to medical school or applying to medical school, I had a lot of doubts as a former athlete. You know, you put into this box, people look at you. The first thing they, they ask is, can you dunk? They never really ask you about, you know, as sad as that is, as funny as sad as that is, you know, they ask you, can you dunk? They don't really ask you like, you know, what your extracurricular activities are. Do you, are you uh, a, a sci- like, are you interested in science? Are you interested in research? Are you interested in, in um, philanthropy? You know, so for me, I, I didn't really have a, a, a face or some level of motivation to, to let me know that like, I can do it too. So I did put together my my YouTube channel um, once I was successful in my application cycle um, to let people know that you don't have to be this brainiac, you don't have to be from Harvard, you don't have to be perfect, you just have to be yourself. And you know, people always ask themselves, you know, what does a doctor look like? They try to fit the mold, and a doctor is just somebody that goes to medical school and, be, and chooses a profession. They they don't have a look, they don't have a a personality. Um, sometimes we're a little bit you know type A, but you know, for the most part, everybody's different. Everybody has a different mission, just like you guys as sneaker enthusiasts, there's levels, there's different um, passions, and different missions that you guys are all on. Uh, same thing with, with medical professionals. So I just try to share my story um, through that. So if you enjoy that kind of stuff, if you just want to see what doctors go through on a day to day medical students go through, um, you can check out my channel, youtube.com slash Terrence Thomas is my first and last name T-E-R-E-N-C-E. Last name's Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S. And uh, yeah, check it out. And um, send me a comment. I, I respond to all comments and uh, I love uh, giving back and working with others.
0: I love it. I love it. But we just wrapped up today's episode and make sure like, like always check us out on Spotify and Apple podcast. But till next time I'm your host, Colin Riquez, Anthony Doris,
2: number one fan, Terrence Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you guys later. Peace. Peace.